Welcome to the Web3 Music Podcast. I'm Jake Abel, and I'm here to explore the different intersections of music, entertainment, crypto, and NFTs. Each episode, I interview an artist, creator, or builder who's pushing the envelope in music NFTs, artist tooling, community building, and more. Before we get into the episode, I'd like to thank our first sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Neon Ox, the premier North American ticketing solution for your next live event. Neon Ox is harnessing the power of blockchain and the GET protocol to change the events industry for the better. Using NFTs on the back end and a familiar intuitive checkout funnel on the front end, ticket buyers can purchase 100% fraud-free tickets without any blockchain knowledge or experience. Neon Ox provides personal account managers for each client and their platform has an integrated secondary market to eliminate scams. Event organizers can even factor in a royalty to these sales to get a cut of secondary market action. They also have the ability to include a free NFT with each ticket so that interested fans can claim their digital collectible after each event and event organizers can see which attendees are interested in Web3. To learn more about Neonox and how they can help improve your ticketing experience, visit neonox.io and mention this podcast on the contact form on their start selling page. You can also reach out to the Web3 Music Podcast on social media and we will help you schedule a demo of the platform. And with that, let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm talking with Alex Purdy, an independent artist who's been active in Web3 since spring 2021 and has quite a resume since then. She participated in SongCamp's second camp called Camp Electra. She's released music NFTs on Catalog and Zora. She participated in the Friends with Benefits Fellowship program. She had a creator residency with Forefront, and she just has an incredible story to share about why she creates music and how she got into Web3. We talk about all of this and more, and I can't wait for you to listen to it. And with that, I hope you learned something new from today's episode. Here is Alex Purdy. I'm excited too. I'm happy you're doing this. I think I've had a few interviews so far, but just one with an independent artist who's like really putting out music NFTs on their own. So I'm excited to hear your experience with it. So why don't we start and you tell me how, I guess, your background in music and then how you got how you got started into Web3. Sure, Absolutely. So my name's Alex Purdy. I'm a female music producer and artist based in the DC area. And I got started in music actually not until my senior year of college. Um, I had been playing basketball my entire life. And then in college, I was like, okay, well, I guess since I'm not going to go pro, I'll study public relations. And because everyone needs ads and I love the music in the basketball ads, like the Nike training ads back in the day. Um, And then PR wasn't for me. And so I started sneaking into songwriting classes my senior year and started learning how to produce. Um, I had actually stopped listening to music for six months my senior year because I thought it was unproductive. Um, I was really on that grind mindset and just not in a good place. And then I heard this song by John Bellion that reminded me of who I was like before I was on Adderall at the time, um, before the Adderall. And so I started learning to produce. I got off the Adderall. I've been off of it for five years and I've been producing for seven years. Interesting. You took a six month break from listening to music entirely. I don't think it's sometimes productive to listen to it while studying or trying to do things that are productive like writing or stuff like that like I, I listen to mostly ambient music if I'm doing stuff like that but you were were you just not listening to music at all outside of things like that like what what, what sort of uh made you want to take that break I felt like I just had to do so well in school I felt like I had to prove myself and you know, the illusion of success. I felt like I had to seem like I had it all together. And so I was just really always in the library, barely going out, always just trying to get the best grades, have a really good resume. And um, and then John Bellion woke me out of it. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so great. <laughs> That's funny. So he woke you out of it. And then what that inspired you to start sneaking into some of these songwriting classes and getting more interested in making your own music? Yeah, exactly. I changed my minor. I was minoring in marketing and switched it to English so that I could take poetry classes. And um, yeah, this one songwriting class that I would sneak into at Syracuse <laughs> was so fun. My teacher 
I was like, I want to, I want to take the recording class. And he was like, well, you have to actually be registered for that one. (laughs) It's just such a great community. Um, And my spirit was just starting to kind of come back and it's been a really wonderful journey since then. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's good to hear. I'm glad. Uh, It's cool how music can have that effect on people. It really has some sort of spiritual effect when you get really into it and hear songs you love like that. So when did you start making your own music? And then how did you start making music NFTs, I guess? Sure. So I started making my own music in 2015. And then I studied kind of how to get songs for sync in TV, film and ads. Was doing that for a while. And then over COVID was when I heard about music NFTs and song camp. And so I remember I read Matthew Chames' article on 1.37 p.m. like three times. It took me a while to kind of wrap my head around the whole thing. And so I reached out to him and I was like, can I, you know, pay you for an hour to talk? Like, I respect the research you've done, the time, whatever. And he told me about Song Camp. And so then I applied and I got into Camp Electro, which was their second camp. And it was so exciting. I had never been part of a group like that before kind of my only experience collaborating on music up to that point was people who would pay me to produce their songs for sync um songwriters who were looking for a producer and this was a totally different world i was a part of the swarm and we were tasked with creating the story around the music nfts and it was quite a whirlwind I feel like we we didn't know that th- this was even going to be a role when we got started. And then we were just kind of like off to the races with these four or five hour long calls. And, you know, it was a thrill. And it was also a real lesson for me in my own energy and like how to set more sustainable boundaries with my involvement with things. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me more about uh, I guess maybe a brief overview of what Song Camp is for people who haven't heard of it. And then specifically, like, what was the purpose or like, what was the sort of theme of Camp Electra? And then what was your role amongst that uh, in that camp, I guess? Sure, absolutely. So I know Song Camp is continuing to evolve. But what they when I was part of it, they were basically a songwriting boot camp that was releasing music as NFTs. and so the it was all online, all on Discord or Discord video calls, sometimes Zoom calls with people all around the world, which is super amazing. And the group that I was part of, so I initially applied to do one of the camps. I applied as a musician because I was like, that's, that's what I do. I'll apply to that. And then, and so did my partner, Jack, and one of my best friends, Yada. We ended up all being on the same team called The Swarm. And so The Swarm we found out, so there's this world called Electra and we were kind of crafting the story around that, which was essentially this world that was fueled by music, but fell to ruin because of greed and we have to try and save it and stuff like that. And so basically my role was playing one of the characters, this character called Alpha, who goes on this journey with Kat, the other character who Jack played, Jack in the way. And we were doing basically acting audio um, voiceover voiceover acting for these characters and helping create the story amongst a pretty large team of people. So it was really fun. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds really interesting. So were the NFTs you were creating part of like some of them were like videos to this narrative and how did the music tie into that? Yeah. So the initial NFTs were tickets to get into the world and then we did have a bunch of other NFTs um, connected to the actual music, connected to what were called the logs, which were the kind of storyline aspects that that we were releasing as well. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a metaverse land that you could buy these tickets to. Yeah, essentially, essentially. We didn't really have the full metaverse experience built out but you could listen to it and see kind of the visual art in the NFTs. And we have those in a bunch of different mirror posts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. I didn't, I, I hadn't really looked into Electra before and that seems pretty 
different than chaos their most recent uh camp but that sounds cool so did you make I'm, I'm sure you made a lot of connections through that project did you start releasing your own nfts after that or sort of what what came out of electra for you yeah well lots of unexpected really wonderful friendships um that's been some of the wonderful aspects of like when the nft nyc is happening a bunch of us will try to come down and get to meet in person for the first time, which is always really weird because it feels like you've known them in person for a long time. <laughs> um, but then after that, I was thinking about going back to grad school for music to try and, you know, figure out getting to know managers or something in the industry. But there was no Web3 component in what I was looking at. And so... I was kind of thinking maybe I'm not going to do this. And then I heard about the FWB fellowship and I realized, wow, this might be even better than grad school because it's this incredible lush community and it's free. And so I ended up getting into that and releasing a music NFT on catalog. That was how I think I got onboarded into catalog was because I was part of the FWB fellowship. And the fellowship was amazing. Basically, we once a week, we would have speakers talk to us who were building out other plat other things in the space, like Zora. Um, Latasha came and spoke to us and the artist Seneca, who drew, who was the lead artist for the Bored Apes, came and spoke um, and a bunch of different people. So that was really cool. And then at the end, we all released our own NFTs as part of the collection for that um and then after that i was a part of kernel but i got a concussion snowboarding so i had to not be a part of that so <laughs> now i'm going to be joining it starts um next week the next round of kernel which is basically sort of a way to they have different tracks you can go down to learn about web3 you can choose like tokenizing currencies you can choose nfts different stuff like that. And so I got a scholarship from them to go through that program. Um, and then, oh yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, what, what is Kernel? I don't know if I'm familiar with them. Yeah, they're really cool. So they, I mean, I'll know even more about it once I actually go through it now that I don't have the concussion <laughs> that was back in February. But basically you apply to get in. Some people have a Web3 project that they're already building. And later in part of kernel they'll get a chance to kind of pitch to investors if you're doing like the creative track or if you're doing just the learn track you can choose to learn about nfts or choose to learn about culture in web3 or choose to learn about decentralized finance and basically once you've gone through it then it sounds like then you have access to all of the programming later there's a lot of calls and stuff so that's why they tell you just choose one or just choose two because most of us obviously have to work jobs and it's impossible to go through all of them at one time but yeah i'm really excited for it uh-huh yeah that that sounds interesting so they seem like a really good community to you know onboard and educate yourself and learn more about web3 so you're doing what the nft track i guess i'm still deciding i'm gonna be open-minded to it they have some tracks that are about regenerative things and so i'm interested into maybe what i could get involved in relating to sustainable nature stuff relating to web3 so i'll see i'll see kind of where my intuition leads me with that one <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that's i feel like one of the big criticisms with web3 and nfts people who are sort of looking for reasons to criticize it use the environmental effects as definitely one of the more negative aspects. Um, how have you, have you dealt with any criticism in terms of like releasing NFTs and the environmental impact, or how do you think about the overall impact on the environment of NFTs and web three? I'm hoping that with the merge, you know, which always reminds me of like the rapture or something. <laughs> Everyone talks about it, like the merge, you know, but <laughs> Apparently, that's supposed to release, you know, decrease the emissions by 99% on Ethereum, 
which is where I'm releasing all of mine on. So I feel like I've been kind of holding out for that. Um, but yeah, some people on my social media, very rarely when I talk about it, I think two people were like, I can't follow you anymore because you're involved in <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I understand. Have a good life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's also like, I mean, you can criticize the environmental e- impact of, of anything really music distribution in terms of, you know, the energy it takes to run Spotify or like, you know, the, the, what goes into printing vinyls and stuff like that. Like there's an economic or an environmental impact of everything. And um, yeah, with the merge, the, the impact of, of the Ethereum network will certainly go down a lot, but I've also heard about how, like in terms of the amount of value being created using the energy from web three, you know, it's a lot less energy creating a lot more value than a lot of other industries, which is, uh, you know, one interesting rebuttal, I think to that, to that argument. Yeah. yeah that's a good one for sure. Um, so let's backtrack a little bit. Tell me more about the, uh, I want to hear more about the friends with benefit, the fellowship program. The fellowship. Um, so was yeah. that a program where like those speakers were specifically for the people in the fellowship program and what, what exactly did you get access to other than that? Yeah. So those were speakers that are also part of FWB, which was really cool. So it was giving us kind of a sense of the, how expansive the community is, all the different things they're building and how it just kind of felt like an even playing field for all these people you could make friends with. I mean, obviously, I mean, now since the market is down, it's a lot more affordable to join. I couldn't afford to join. And that's why the fellowship was so amazing because it gave us access to a full membership. Um, But I felt like the entire fellowship was run really well because the time commitment felt really manageable that I was able to you know, work two other part-time jobs and basically just need to be on Zoom for one hour a week for each of these calls. And then, you know, we had certain access to the Discord so we could meet other fellows and kind of schedule our own calls with them and then do whatever we wanted, basically, for our Genesis NFT, which was cool. I did a song that's part of my first album called Preseason Training. And the song is called Close to the Sun. It's kind of the most emotional as far as it basically talks about the grieving process of trying for something you want so bad and not getting it. And so it felt like the right um, kind of having a community to release the song felt kind of nice since I hadn't really released a song like that before. Mm-hmm. So are those NFTs that are released like through the like FWB fellowship program, it's like mm-hmm. under their contract and their collection, or is it sort of sponsored by them and you release it independently? No, basically I just released it on catalog and FWB was saying for everyone's, they were thinking like about a 5% um, split to go back to future fellowship programs. So I just did, seven percent put it on catalog and it was really easy mm-hmm. okay I, that makes sense um that's cool so with with catalog you said you got onboarded through uh did you say song camp or fwb and and what is that they're still like you need to get invited to that platform is that right yeah you apply i don't know this is just my own speculation of how i got it because i think i applied like four times just don't give up people you just gotta keep going Mm -hmm. keep applying and then once i got the fellowship like shortly it was i think i found out i was a finalist and then i got into catalog i don't remember exactly the timing but i thought that would have made sense as to the only difference you know of yeah so i'm just really grateful to be on it yeah yeah that's cool i mean i know it's definitely a good platform that has a lot of dedicated collectors on it which is um something that's important to find um how do you how do you view like releasing like a one-of-one on catalog versus using an open platform like zora and finding collectors for these different platforms um how has that process been for you sure i mean it's changed a lot since zora create came out 
Um, I mean, I love the layout of catalog and the fact that you can do one of ones and kind of what I did for some of them was in the description. I put the utility of, you know, you get to hear, you get a link to the entire unreleased album that gets updated where the songs, this was what I did for the FWB one close to the sun. Basically I'll send them, but it's, it's not verifiable on the blockchain. Like it's just them trusting that I'm actually going to send them the link, you know, which I feel like is pretty easy to trust. But um, yeah, when I started finding some success on catalog, it was when I really put my price down. I put it at 0.2 ETH instead of like 0.5 or 1 ETH, which was what I was seeing everybody else doing. And just thinking, you know what, I'm just going to try something different. I know the value of these songs is way more than what a price, any price, like really that I put on it because it's songs for my heart. And then the collectors, you know, I haven't personally ever reached out to people being like, will you be a collector of mine? I don't really know how to do it. I feel like it's some kind of unspoken thing that people, I don't know what goes on, you know, behind closed doors. Um, but they were they were people who I had been following on Twitter, um, like True Nouveau and and Niche, who worked on Chaos. She did a lot of the developing of it, and she was saying like she just happened to hear my song and loved it and bought it. And so it was kind of like um, I would definitely recommend for other artists, you know, don't quit your job just thinking you're going to start selling NFTs right away. Um, that you know, it's important to have really a long-term vision for what what you're creating beyond whatever money you may need at the moment. Mm-hmm. So in terms of long-term vision, do you want to speak on what you have planned long-term, what your vision is? Absolutely. Thank you. What a great lead-in. <laughs> My long-term vision is overall to feel really close to my family, to feel really close to community that's in person. COVID really taught me that being online can't make up for what in-person community bonds are. And especially like the friends who I have who are local, being able to honestly share our imperfections together, to share the challenges we've been through that we're healing and to not have this image or this persona to upkeep. And so I think what I've been working on is getting rid of any feeling that I have to have a persona or that it has to seem put together or curated. Curated is the word to not feel curated. And basically my big, my biggest visions is with my, art I want to share art that inspires other people into their power and actually makes them feel good when they hear it as opposed to sometimes you know being on crypto twitter scrolling through everyone's success stories of their crazy releases or their unprecedented things that they're doing with the technology sometimes the comparison can be painful and I think about the user experience, if you want to say. And I don't want anyone to feel like they see my art and that they've missed out or that they're not far enough along in their life. I want them to feel like they can rest. I want them to feel like they have room to heal or to stop chasing whatever thing they feel like they need to chase to have some illusion of success and to feel like they belong. And I want my art long-term to feel healing for me and to feel like I don't have to rush and I don't have to prove myself, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's uh, I think a powerful vision and a powerful message that, you know, can definitely make a difference in people's lives. Sort of what we were going back to saying earlier with how music has all this, you know, spiritual power when, when, uh, you know, when you wanted to sort of, um, that's cool. I think that's I think that's a great message. It, and I definitely see what you're saying in terms of 
comparing self comparing yourself to others in crypto twitter and web3 online i mean it sort of goes beyond music too just comparing yourself to like the highlights you see on instagram of people's lives that you know the, uh, that's all they are, are just highlights and you sort of see the same thing in web3 with all these you know first on um, first of this on the blockchain or like you know breaking new <laughs> records and music nft sales um so yeah i think i think that's a really powerful message um how do you think web3 fits into that whole picture like obviously web3 is just well can be just another aspect of your career or another aspect and way to release art but you know there's also streaming live performances um sync that you were talking about earlier how do you how do you picture and fit web3 into your whole vision of your music career Sure. It's definitely ever-changing. I feel like what Web3 has challenged, the ways Web3 has challenged me the most has been to let go of how I think it's supposed to go. That was really, I feel like, the what Song Camp showed me in many ways was letting go of expectations of control and thinking it needs to turn out a certain way or that my role needs to be a certain way. And right now with Web3, the clearest answer that I've been experiencing is the the permanence, you know, releasing songs that will be on there ideally forever. And I'm still learning about the technology as to whether, you know, if all the power goes out, maybe the songs, you know, that, that nothing's necessarily permanent, but that it can have, it can have a home somewhere. It's nice that on all of the platforms, they don't show how many views the song has and that there aren't any likes because then I feel like the user can just experience the art. And so I really appreciate that about Web3 as well. Um, I'm interested in doing, I have these mystery boxes. They're, they're physical boxes that are like black light colored. They're pretty small and they have a little surprise inside. And I want to make those kind of physical digital nfts and so i'm thinking about that as far as like a very very specific example yeah that that would be a cool example i think uh merging the physical and digital is definitely uh one of the cooler things you can do with with the tech i i also agree with the whole you know you need you need in-person community and you need you know those connections i think um, it's cool how Web3 can help foster those. But at the end of the day, I think that's what, uh, you know, brings people together more than anything. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So do you have any other um, any other projects you want to talk about that you have coming up or um, any other uh, music or NFTs that you're working on? Yeah, sure. Thank you. So as part of the web3 creator residency that i was part of for forefront which just wrapped up the nft that i'm going to be releasing i just finished the kind of the actual nft itself this morning so i'm really excited <laughs> um, my partner jack took the jack in the way took the picture which i'm really grateful for and it's for this song called the lights which is the final song in the entire album of preseason training, the chorus says, I can't wait till the lights come on. And that is a reference to basketball of going to the gym early in the morning. No one else is there. Like my coach would let me shoot around. He would unlock it and turn the lights on so that I could go in there and play before school started. And so it's that the feeling of I can't wait till the lights come on but also more recently and all of these songs on preseason training aren't just about basketball they're about everything that I've gone through since then and kind of the the journey of the artist path of finding what makes your soul come alive and making sure that that is what's listened to and so the other meaning of I can't wait till the lights come on is about depression and not can't like I can't wait till my spirit feels excited about life again that kind of thing and I wanted to capture that moment to really 
yeah, just kind of bring catharsis. It's it's the kind of most anthemic song on the album so far. And this NFT is an alternate ver- alternate ending. So the ending that will be on the actual full length album is going to be different. Um, and also with this NFT, so my friend Max, who is, has also been part of Song Camp, formerly known as Handsome Grandson, <laughs> he's going to be playing drums on this song. And so that's not yet on this NFT. It's going to be on the official, uh, the non-alternate ending. But I'm really excited that there's so many versions of this song. And yeah, it's going to be debuted on on Cyber as part of a gallery exhibition with Forefront and a percentage of the NFT is going to go back to the next Web3 creator residency. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that that sounds like a really exciting project. Um, is it just a what a one of one music NFT that has the the song on it? So I'm minting it later today and it's actually going to be five versions and it's going to be kind of a message of who wants to join the starting five like for basketball so <laughs> there'll be five versions mm-hmm. i i love the basketball references i'm i'm a basketball player myself we've we've talked about that before but um i like i like the metaphors there that's that's cool and i can relate to a lot of them in terms of how you know you feel playing basketball and how it relates to you know bigger things in life um yeah. so this is on forefront I'm not familiar with Forefront either. Could you tell me more about more about that? Oh, yeah. So Forefront is an incredible community, you know, similar communities like Song Camp or FWB. Um, Forefront has their own token. They have an open discord so you can join any of their calls. And they have an incredible newsletter about kind of like more data insights about the industry. And then they have FF Labs where they're running different experiments and um basically they ran this web3 creator residency where for a month we well you know i applied and there was a voting process and i'm so grateful that i got i got to do it um basically for a month they gave us money they gave us each four thousand dollars to make our art and to show the process kind of um in public, you know, build in public, as everybody says, in Web3. And so it was the first time that I got to really share kind of how I've, because I've created kind of like a training program for myself, the ways that I used to train for basketball, like speed, endurance, ball handling, shooting, and community would be the five kind of categories of basketball. And then for music, the five categories would be groove, vocals, visuals, Um, percussion and community as well and so I did a whole talk with Forefront um, kind of about how I go about learning to produce myself and continuing to learn and be inspired so it was really cool Um, and I'm really excited for this kind of final exhibition it'll be really nice yeah that sounds that does sound exciting Forefront definitely seems like uh, another good community to on board and make connections with um i'm always looking for yeah. communities like that and it's good for i think people to hear where they can get involved with stuff like that um, yeah definitely I, I i like that uh that basketball training sort of shift to music what were the mm-hmm. take me through how you uh you know translated that from basketball into you know this is how you're training for music with these five these five pillars what was it group vocals what? visual percussion and community yeah. So basically, you know, this was kind of over COVID that I was building out this album and and this idea of training and, you know, really missing thinking about basketball because I was tired of writing for Sync. I wanted to tell my own story. I wanted to be able to give as many details as I could and to be as wild with the production as I could. So in the process of telling a true story, I was thinking back to basketball and how nice it was that it was so obvious the different areas that you needed to train to get better and so and I'm I'm really inspired by Kobe and his like all of the motivational kind of ways that he talks I had written on my desk which he said in this interview 
to create what you think you can't. And so that's been kind of my whole ethos behind this album. And so in creating a practice for music, for training for music, which feels kind of a lot less tangible because, so I play guitar and piano and drums and a little bit of violin and I sing, you know, not at Berkeley level, whatever, but you know, at a level that makes life exciting. And <laughs> so for a while I was doing like YouTube tutorials on learning the, the modal scales for guitar and doing a piano course and, um, you know, learning how to tune a drum set or whatever and trying to find whatever I could online for violin. And it was starting to be, oh, and bass, bass. Scott's bass lessons is amazing for learning bass. It's so fun. <laughs> but, you know, with needing to make money and, and work jobs, there's only so much that I can do. So I was thinking, what is because the ultimate goal is not to be the best at these instruments. The ultimate goal is to be the most expressive that I can be. And so what will get me to that? What will get me to that? And so I found with guitar, like instead of trying to learn all the modes, trying to learn um, all the different, not intervals, but inversions of playing one one chord, I would instead pick my favorite song and learn like try to try to pick out what what the chords are of that and what makes it so emotional and basically doing that for other instruments but but even less trying to study the instruments and more just trying to focus on creating like as long as I'm inspired by something relating to a groove inspired by something with chords you know there's a lot of different paths that that can take with with making a song and it changes I think the mindset it, from when I was in such a place of I want to be really great at these to be I want to be just expressive then there was a lot less that I needed a lot less time I needed to spend on tutorials and stuff like that mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense that's an interesting approach I think that's I think that's really cool um you know Thank expressing you. yourself over getting really good at the I mean because getting good at what is that four instruments and, and you're singing or five instruments um mm -hmm. yeah you know it can take a lifetime to get really good at one of them but um that's a cool approach to you know your goal of just expressing yourself and telling your story um how long have you been playing all those did you sort of pick them up around the same time and you just wanted to be able to express yourself or do you have a longer history with some of those instruments um, in middle school, I played some piano and guitar. I was in this little like kid cover band. We played um, Bowling for Soup 1985, stuff like that. <laughs> Just rocking out, you know. <laughs> we were called Jupiter Blue. It was really fun. Um, and then I stopped totally because I, I had to decide that I was going to do basketball. And because we would have preseason training. And then when the season would end, to me, that would be, okay, preseason training starts now, like in the spring, um, once the basketball season's over. So I was very, very committed to basketball. And then um, in 2015, I bought an acoustic guitar and just kind of started noodling around. And then once I moved back in, I lived with my parents for four years, starting in 2018. And that was when I started diving into the instruments and uh, you know even allowing the idea of oh maybe I could play drums you know that oh I'll save up money and get a drum set and paint it neon splatter paint with glitter and so that it's black light crazy you know um, to let the dreams become as big as possible cool very cool um I think if I could play an instrument, I'd love to be able to play the piano. Uh, I think it translates mostly because it translates into music production, uh, I think, really well. Um, so I think that's I mean, that's really cool that you're that you're doing all of those. Um, so do you think it has playing all those instruments has really affected your feeling of expressing yourself and telling your story through your music? Definitely. And it's helped 
with because I feel like a lot of it has been learning to kind of take off what I think the world wants me to be what society thinks I should be or whatever and to just feel what I really like because for a long time I was ashamed about how much I love pop punk music because I guess I'd been bullied or something and so then you know this these were a lot of COVID realizations so I just started diving into you know Travis Barker playing drums and just being allowed to love the things that I'm passionate about um, you know, makes the world a, a totally different experience. Um, so that, that's kind of been my perspective with, with the instruments and stuff like that, but I'm happy to send you piano resources. You can totally play piano and that'll be an exciting journey. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would. That'd definitely be a habit I'd like to pick up eventually. Um, sort of going back into sort of just looping back here, you were talking about sync and how you weren't able to really tell your story through that and now you you know that's sort of the goal of your music is to express you know who you are and what you're going through and how other people can relate um do you think that is i don't know i guess my question is like how has your music changed through web3 and you know releasing independently hmm well, it's changed because I'm not waiting for someone to tell me that it's something they approve of. Because with Sync, you know, sometimes I'll I'll still get emails from music supervisors where they send a brief. They need a song that's an 80s cover song that sounds like Imagine Dragons. That's an example because I had to do that once. I actually loved it and I released it. But, um, you know the maybe it'll happen like thinking when I was living with my parents thinking maybe I'll just get a sink and then I'll be able to buy a house and that you know I had a couple songs signed to licensing agencies who knows it may eventually happen but I think it was really important for me to get other jobs like I was working at um a kindergarten I was an assistant kindergarten teacher and then also part-time producing for people um something that I did want to talk about in addition to kind of all of the web three stuff like what makes it possible for me to release things on web three now is because I'm working other jobs that aren't in web three I'm open to possibly doing jobs in web three but one thing that was really important for me when I stepped away from sync and also stepped away from producing for other people as a way of paying my rent was that the music can just be the music and I can make money. Like I help this woman with her social media. She writes sci-fi novels, um, teen time travel adventure series. And I help her build out her social media and it's not related to Web3. It's not related to my music. And then, yeah, the music isn't... I don't have to wait for someone to tell me that it's good enough. I can take the time and the vulnerability and the kind of devastation of having it having to be my own opinion of whether I like the music in order to release it kind of thing. If you could choose to work... Uh, just exclusively on your music is that what you would want to do or you like having these other avenues of, of work I would love to tour I would love to have a full band where we're an opening act for someone who really inspires me like the 1975 or something like that and the full band my dream is like that the full band everyone can play all the instruments too and so there are parts where we switch like I'll toss the guitar to someone and then the drummer will toss the sticks to me and I'll go go in on the drums and there'll be like neon paint coming down on the drums from the ceiling and it's just be super super cinematic <laughs> so I definitely I'm open to how it could shift to it being about the music but again I think about things like song camp where 
I never knew that I could make friends in that way where we're creating something. We have no idea what's going to happen and we're having so much fun. So I'm really open-minded, I think, as to what my path will take. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like, I think I feel like I'm getting this sort of picture of you as uh, a mu an artist, like a musical artist as really a pure form of art as opposed to like someone who's making music for like touring or specifically for parties or for like i don't know i i'm I, i'm trying to verbalize yeah. the story way and maybe maybe you sort of see what i'm getting at but i i think that you're and i think nfts tie into that really well because it sort of creates the ability for you to create music as just a pure form of self-expression and art as opposed to like the traditional music industry you're creating music for streaming and for other people to listen to live like do you, do you see what I'm getting at there is that how you feel about it absolutely yeah that that all of those things are making music to fit the vibe of someone else being like yeah this deserves to be on a playlist or this deserves to be an ad and with nfts it's just like here here's my nft it is leaving a trace of my life like a glittery trail when i die this is just a small glimpse of the emotions that I experienced and lived as fully as I could. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think I'm, I'm getting that picture for sure. So when it, when you discovered web three and NFTs, did you view it as like the perfect outlet for your music? Cause it sort of seems like it, you know, it, it is an, a great outlet or did you see it as just another way of, of releasing art I think initially I saw it and it kind of felt like maybe what it would feel like to see a new color you just don't know what to do with it and it's a little bit scary it's a little bit overwhelming and but the people who are talking about it have so many ideas as to how it could be so fun. So initially I was thinking this could be a much more creative alternative to trying to do things for sync where I was still thinking, okay, maybe I could make my main living from this. You know, I was still trying so hard and I was just talking to some friends two days ago about how it sometimes it's felt like I'm siphoning off my blood, trying to make money. Like I spent so much time we had we had a show over the weekend, Jack in the Way's headline show, which was amazing and so much fun. And I got to perform and a bunch of my other friends got to perform. And for the show, I made these six boxes, which I was telling you about for the for potential NFT and painted them all by hand. They're glow in the dark. They're black light sensitive. They have a special surprise inside. And I was trying to sell them for twenty dollars, just six of them. And like really needing the money thinking I haven't even made enough because I think these will sell out and I didn't sell any and I realized wow I feel like I've been siphoning my blood off like giving people my soul and I was gonna give them a downloadable link to this song the lights that is gonna be out as an nft by now um just give them a free link like you know the the best example is siphoning off my blood. Like I didn't actually, I was realized I was so glad they didn't sell because I didn't want to give something away like that for just $20 because this song really means something to me. So something I, I really wanted to get into you into today with you is like the, it looks so nice that I've released these NFTs, been a part of all these things. You know, but to also talk about the reality, the day to day of thinking I need to like desperately needing one hundred twenty dollars, you know, like um, just to get into it's not it's not a perfect it's not a perfect world. It's not a highlight reel um, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. And, and maybe for someone who is 
seeing all this stuff you're doing and thinking that like maybe they're not doing enough in web three or they're not releasing enough nfts or participating in enough communities but you know even if when you are doing that that's not all that you're up to and you know there's more going on if you want to speak on it more you know i'm happy to you know let you share yeah thank you i would love to um i mean just to be real like yesterday i i signed up again to be an uber eats driver and I'm waiting for the background check to go through so I can start doing Uber Eats deliveries. The um the forefront residency really gave me a wonderful, you know, the four thousand dollars that was amazing. And um, you know, it all it all only lasts so long. We're all we're all doing our our best out here. And I think when I realized, okay, I'm not gonna just bank on trying to sell NFTs or or getting or striking gold, like with, with a residency like that, um, having sustainable practices where it's not, it's not a fancy job. Like I'm on, I'm on Medicaid and, and I take great care of my health, you know? Um, but I feel like from my experience, seeing other people and thinking their art is amazing, thinking they're doing so well and not having any idea of what else they're going through can be really painful. And I feel like can sometimes almost set someone back longer or it can take longer to kind of keep going with it because there's the idea of, Oh, should I just, shouldn't I just get a job that's safe or something like that? And one of my favorite quotes, I have it on my desktop. I realize I need to print it out. <laughs> it's an image of all these people surfing this huge wave and it says <laughs> everything's going to kill you so you might as well choose something fun <laughs> so that's kind of my perspective on life is you know I'm gonna do uber eats I'm working part-time as a social media you know running someone's social media and something's gonna work out with music eventually I mean my soul is in it and for me, what's worked out so far is that because I started producing because I couldn't afford to pay someone. And I've realized that the level of emotion that I can convey in the music, you know, there's obviously the lyrics, which are very direct, but I can't tell, I couldn't tell a producer to do what I've done in my songs because there's no way that they would care about it as much as I do. So that's worth, you know, to me, all of the challenges. And, and what's fun about driving Uber Eats is I, I put up, I put little stickers on everyone's food with a QR code to my music. <laughs> so <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to cross promote a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Have you have you noticed any, uh, any new fans from that have what's what is the QR code linked to your Spotify or what? It links to my Instagram and yeah, some people have DM'd me and been like, that was a surprise. Like, <laughs> that's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't done it in a while. The Uber Eats driving, um, I had stopped because I was doing this woman's social media and then also being a personal assistant to someone. Um, and then once I did the residency, that job stopped, like, Fortunately for the social media job, I was able to ask them if I could just basically take for one month off. And she said yes. So that's another thing. Oh, yeah. With this Web3 stuff is like. It requires an incredible level of privilege to be involved at all. Like the only reason I was able to be a part of Song Camp, the Camp Electra, was because I was living with my parents and I could do Uber Eats driving around that but I wasn't paying rent so I could be on these calls that went on forever and basically paused my entire life outside of that and so I'm sure I know it was a, a lot different the way they structured chaos and I'm sure going forward they'll continue to change that um, but I think that is a challenge in the greater area of this space is just you know how us centric the time zones are it can be hard for other people to join if they're on the other side of the world and the call is at 4 a.m so 
Um, and I guess that that could be a challenge with anything, you know, obviously to be involved in anything that's just for fun requires having the money, the time, resources to do so. Um, but that that's definitely been something that I wanted to kind of talk about, too. Yeah, no. And yeah, I think it's important to talk about it as well. I mean, you, I feel like you hear a lot of people talking about a great way to find success, success in this space is, you know, to live on Discord and Twitter and, you know, get on every call you can and, you know, network with all these people. But, you know, it's tough. Um, you know, it's it, especially if you're not already making a bunch of money doing it or doing something else like you need to find the time that fits in with your schedule and, um you know, sitting on discord for 12 hours a day, isn't realistic <laughs> for most people. Yeah. Um, sort of tying into that. What, what advice would you give to people who are interested in getting more involved in web three and maybe musical artists who are interested in, you know, releasing some of their music that way, how, like how should they <laughs> educate themselves and make connections and, you know, just figure out how to interact in web three the right way. Sure. I mean, for people in the DC DC area, definitely coming to the Web3 DC events. Those are awesome. And I would say wherever you are in the world, finding something that's local. And if there's nothing local, then crypto Twitter is great. Um, Kernel is awesome. It's K-E-R-N-E-L. Um, I believe their Twitter is 0x Kernel. And, and mainly thinking about what you really want to get out of it because thinking about are you just looking for power are you looking for you know looking for false power false power which would be like fame adoration money um illusion of status kind of things and true power being like sovereign within yourself knowing your worth beyond the fear of aging beyond death that kind of thing and um especially for artists but really i guess any builders in the space thinking about not trying to prove yourself not trying to spend beyond your means to make it seem like you've got a project that's something really special um and think about what you're willing to actually have last for the long term. Like right now, I'm personally not interested in making some sort of uh, metaverse world where people can experience me 24-7. You know, I'm interested in having friends in person playing pickup basketball again. I haven't done that in a long time. And having like a very real experience of the world around me. I'm not saying the internet isn't real. But like just having a way, you know, like at the end of the day, if you're really going through something, crypto Twitter is not always going to know. And then they can't help you. And um, yeah, to just really think what you want to get out of it and to remember that you're not behind. It may just seem like you're behind because sometimes there's so many projects coming out, so many people doing what seems to be the next next best thing, but just to remember that like all that glitters isn't gold kind of thing. I think that's a great message. Um, and yeah, the space is always changing. So, you know, if you, you're never, you're never far behind, you're never too behind if you are, I think, involved at all. And, you know, as people learn more, I think it's easier to come up with your own ideas and sort of realize different ways that you can engage in the space the right way. Um, exactly. yeah, I, I think that is really important for people to realize what they want to get out of it. And, you know, you hear a lot is if you're just in it for the money, it's probably not going to work out. Um, if you're just in it to, you know, put something out there and have people buy it and that's about it, you know, people aren't really interested in that in this space, which, you know, can, I think is one of the better things about it. Once people get involved, they sort of realize it's a very supportive community looking for genuine connection. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. To focus on the friendships, focus on having fun, treat it like recess. Yeah. I, th I think that's definitely, definitely the right mentality. Um, 
have you have you helped any artists get involved in any of these ways or made a lot of friends in web3 that you think uh you know sort of embody that ethos yeah definitely um i mean i've definitely encouraged a lot of my friends to join song camp some of them were part of it with me when i first heard about it and i was like you should join this and then they did and um yeah i've made amazing friends and i just wish we all lived closer but it's when I feel like when I do have more money, then it'll get really fun because I can go travel and see them all. And that'll be really nuts. That would be really great. Yeah, I, I definitely had a great time at NFT NYC. Some like interacting with some of these communities that I've been loosely involved with, but just seeing how they can really bring people together for those events is definitely really cool. Um, yeah. And Web3DC too, definitely shout out if you're in the DMV area, uh, Web3DC and and. I've heard of web three DMV, although I haven't been to any of those events yet, but yeah, those meetups are fun and there are certainly more and more local communities popping up, um, encouraging making those types of connections. So yeah, that's, that's another really good piece of advice. Um, as we're sort of coming to a close here, I guess I want to give you another chance to shout out anything that you want to talk about or, or, you know, any topics we haven't touched on or any projects you have coming up that you want people to hear about i'd love for you to you know share anything that you'd like to talk about sure well i guess one thing that as far as having a kind of holistic in the experience of all the different topics we've discussed kind of the one thing i feel like i haven't really talked about you know people talk about we need more um women non-binary poc people in the space and everything and um so i've been learning about the menstrual cycle and how men operate on a 24 hour clock. That's their, the way that their hormones fluctuate is 24 hour cycle, similar to like the nine to five workday and women operate on a 28 day cycle. And so when men experience like a 3 PM crash, they feel really tired. Women experience that generally in a certain phase of their cycle. And it makes me think about crypto and how fast everything seems to go in crypto. And um, yeah, it's this book called period power. It's really amazing. And I feel like I grew up most of my life thinking that a period was an inconvenience and this book and this other book called in the flow is just extraordinarily eye opening to how life changing it can be. And you know, the like negative effects of caffeine on the body that I didn't even know about. And yeah, that's just been really inspiring me. So for all of the women or the people who are maybe non-binary, but experience a period, stuff like that, um, definitely a really exciting thing. Yeah, that sounds like, <laughs> those sounds like interesting books to check out. What What has been the overall like theme and message of, like the, you know, difference in hormonal cycles between men and women there? The main theme. Hmm. Well, basically that women have four phases of their cycle and it's basically like the seasons of nature. So their period when they're actually bleeding is in the winter. And then the spring is the follicular phase where their energy is starting to rise and then the ovulatory phase when they can have babies is in, is their summer. And then their fall is their luteal phase. And that's kind of the luteal and the menstrual phase is when people will want to feel like more alone time and time to evaluate kind of where their life is at. And it was teaching me that the brain, the female brain or the brains with um, like non-binary, whatever your gender is, but you experience um, a menstrual cycle, the brain is 25% different in each phase. And in the menstrual phase, the thing that connects both hemispheres of the brain is actually the most connected then. And that's when intuition is kind of the loudest. Um, so yeah, it's just been super empowering to learn about and kind of changing my perspective on things. Yeah, it, it, it sounds really interesting. I'll I'll have to check it out. You said the first book was called The... Period, yeah, the first period power. <laughs> yeah, period power. And then the other book is called In the Flow, F L O. 
in the flow. All right. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. I, I love learning about sort of how the human mind works. And, and I think, you know, the better understanding we have of just how our bodies and minds function, I think it gives us a better perspective on, you know, why we feel certain ways and, and how to be able to both deal with that and try to manipulate it in a positive way. Um, so yeah, that sounds like an interesting topic. Is there anything else or, you know, should we wrap up here? Oh, thank you. I just wanted to say thank you so much for giving me this time to talk about such a wide variety of things. It's all connected to Web3, you know, it's, it's all just life, you know, so I'm yeah. really grateful, Jake. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give you the space to talk and, and I really appreciate you coming on. I think it was it was a great conversation. We definitely touched on a lot of interesting topics and, and we'll have to do it again. Yay, that sounds great. We'll have to play basketball too. Yes, we do. We definitely <laughs> do. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know about that. Sounds All right, great. Alex. Thank you so much. Yeah, great talking to you. Thanks. See ya. You too. Bye. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you check the links in the description to find and support Alex and the projects she's been involved with. If you enjoy this podcast, you can follow us on social media at the Web3 Music Pod on all platforms to keep up with new episodes and announcements. And tune in next week to hear a conversation with Alex Lopez from Soundpicker, a music NFT marketplace and music licensing platform for metaverses and more built on Solana.